This is Cornfield Theology. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Brooks, and I am here with my pastor, elder, shepherd, overseer, bishop. <laughs> uh, we went Episcopalian on the bit, didn't we? <laughs> Sean Powers. That's going on. What's going on, everyone? Hey, you Sean, something? you know what makes this podca- podcast great? What's that? You. What? No, you're just... What are you doing here? You. You're the one who makes on. it great. Hey, speaking of you, what? how did your sermon go yesterday? <laughs> I didn't preach. Oh, man. You didn't preach? I had a week off, yeah. It was good. It was good to uh, focus you, on other things so throughout the So your people had a week off from the Word? <laughs> no, no, no. We had another guy preach. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So uh, is that, that the segue into today's topic? What is today's topic? Uh, we're going to talk about football season oh. and how the Minnesota Vikings. I'm out. <laughs> I am out. Skull Vikings. I think we this lost This is a cornfield theology oh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We have to support, I guess, Vic- it was the Vikings the closest uh, NFL team to Iowa. Well, I guess you could do, you could support the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Bears are too far away. If you're going to go three and a half. Yeah, but if they're going to, most people in Iowa are Cubs fans. Yeah. That's Chicago, so yeah. might as well go Bears. No. no might as well just be part of Illinois. See, I got you talking about sports. Oh my gosh, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> stop it, stop it. Oh, man. Um, so, what are we actually talking about? Let's talk about preaching, in particular, expository preaching. Hmm. It, Sounds like a good topic. It, it's a topic, you know, I, you, we were mulling around, you know, what do we want to talk about? And I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. And one of the reasons why is I see more and more uh, churches don't preach expository. And uh, I think it'd be good to ask why. You know, what does the scripture say, first of all? Um, why should, why do I advocate expository preaching? And why are... And are they even churches? Are they even churches? No, you can, I'll, let you ask, churches. I'll let you answer that. <laughs> they're churches, they're churches. So depending on which one, I mean, yeah, some yeah, of them yeah. might, some of mine do not be, but. And, and the, I'm passionate about the topic because, you know, as a guy who, who's up there and, and preaching just about every week, um, I, not. I want, except for last week, I want to shepherd the flock, right? As um, an under shepherd to the chief shepherd, Jesus, I want to shepherd and feed the sheep. And part of doing that is to preach God's word. Who wanted mm-hmm. to do that? So pastors who are neglecting even just preaching in general or neglecting one tool that can be used to care for their people. Yeah. What is a pastor's job? It's to feed the sheep. Yeah. Feed the sheep and, and care. care for their souls. Yeah, absolutely. So they are What, what the question ones... do I ask you all the time? I don't know. How's your soul? That's oh, right. That's yeah. Oh, <laughs> our folks know that question. I was like, I don't know. You ask me a lot of questions all the time. <laughs> Why ask that one? A pastor is going to give an account for the soul of those, the souls of those yeah. in his flock. Yeah, that's and weighty too, by the way. He needs to be able to lead them and shepherd them and guide them well. Yeah. I'm going to point him to Jesus. And what's the way? We, how do we do that? And I think the word. there are many tools that the Bible puts in the pastor's tool belt For sure. that shouldn't be neglected. And preaching is one of those. Absolutely. Along with, I'll add, uh, counseling, uh, the, mm-hmm. the means of grace, mm-hmm. uh, different things like that. Absolutely. I mean, just hanging out over a cup of coffee and living life together, right? Uh, I often say that the smell of the sheep is on the shepherd and the smell of the shepherd is on the sheep, meaning... Did you get that from someone? I got it from a commentary. Uh, you put me on the spot. Can't remember. I'll get back to you. Okay. We'll, we'll do that in our cornfield cleanup later. What's cornfield cleanup? Cornfield cleanup. It's new. We're going to add it. And basically what it is is and when we say something that needs to be, um, how should we say this kindly? Uh, not corrected, but uh, explained You don't more have to say thoroughly. it kindly. We're talking about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll make sure we do that. Or let's say you, the listener, is like, hey, I, can you help me with that? I don't understand. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in the so cornfield is this, cleanup. Is this how it's going to happen? 
uh, at the end of every episode, after we you know stop everything, we'll just yeah. go back, uh, talk about what we missed from. Is it from the week before or from yeah. this week? From the week before, or if we catch ourselves kind from of midstream, week. yeah, sure, why not? Okay, cornfield cleanup, and just yeah, correct things we've said. Uh, Absolutely, we're do, we're doing, doing so this a little bit on the. We're fly, going so. a little long on our what we want to do for our time on podcasts. Yeah, anyway, that's my bad. No, it's not your bad, but this is going to add to it. Well, we got to discipline ourselves. I've got an idea. What do we do? Let's charge people $100 a month to hear the cornfield cleanup part of the show. <laughs> Good. So they know what we went wrong. So yeah. they know what to accept. And yeah. what to, they, so they know what the meat is and what the bone is. So we can uh, make some money on the side. But yeah. All right, back to the topic. Expository preaching. Um, got any questions for me? Uh, why do you think this is even relevant to talk about is my first question. Yeah, I think it's... you sent this to me because you wanted to talk about true. it. That's true, my bad. You know... My bad. Let me, let, me, let me boil it down like this. If the Bible is, in fact, God speaking to us, how we go about understanding God's Word is not only, like, fruitful, but it's necessary for the church, right? Therefore, like, how the Bible is communicated, like, the means in which... Um, how the Bible is taught or explained, that matters. It matters a ton. And that happens in the context, and I'm talking specifically, at least for this podcast, on a Sunday morning. A Sunday gathering. In a Sunday gathering, we call it Sunday celebration at Redemption Hill Church. And so when I get up there and and I want to spur the church on in, in godliness, like I... I don't want to do it from like, hey, this is these are five things Sean Powers thinks you should do for your week to live your best life now. Like, I want to give them God's word. I want God to. I want them to know God. Like that was has a targeted spoken. attack. Stop. God has spoken. He has spoken in His word. We can get back to that later in the cornfield cleanup. And and I I want our folks to realize God has spoken. And so, where has God spoken? In His word. In His word. In the scriptures. And by His Spirit. And through the modern-day apostles. So, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Giving us more stuff for the cornfield cleanup. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about the modern-day apostles so, and all that. It's just, God speaks authoritatively, inerrantly, infallibly, only in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I found this quote really helpful from David Helm. He um, wrote, a, wrote a book uh, for Nine Marks, and he defines... Ex- um, expository preaching like this. He said, expositional preaching is empowered preaching that rightly submits the shape and emphasis of the sermon to the shape and emphasis of the biblical text. In other words, like when I come and I get ready to preach, the text is driving and guiding what I'm going to say to our folks. So that's what expository preaching is. Yeah, that's is. One, 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 one short you know, definition of expository preaching. And there's different kinds of expository preaching. You know, If you're going through like the Pauline epistles, right, you, you're generally going to do that one verse by verse, right? You can kind of systematically go through it because that's kind of how Paul writes in the epistles. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we're going through Acts, right? Mm-hmm. And so The Acts of the Apostles, Acts, yes. Yep, Acts of the Holy Spirit. Really? Or Acts. And uh, you could talk about how I'm preaching through that. It's kind of this narrative expository preaching. In other words, you know, there's, there's a story being written. And there are stories within Acts of the Apostles. And um, because it's a narrative, it causes me to kind of exposit that particular text differently. Um, you can do it from a doctrinal perspective, like a thematic expository preaching. And um, well, well, those are some big homiletical yeah. words. And then there's, there's topical expository preaching as well. 
which is different from like just regular topical preaching. So that would mean that would be kind of like you know when when we first started um, the church plant, Redemption Hill Church. Um, I really wanted to get the foundations, our theological foundations, kind of down and on the table, and I kind of approached approached that with a topical approach where. I exposited a text, but I had a topic I wanted to engage, um, and I wanted it to come from the scriptures. That's different from, you know, the church down the street that says, you know, we're going to preach on the love of God, and all of a sudden they just look for every verse where the word love shows up, and all of a sudden they got this sermon on the love of God. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah. So bottom line, Christians need God's word, and pastors can deliver that in the sermon. Yeah, I say often, you know, to our folks, I don't want you to hear from me. I want you to hear from God. Mm. So I have a question. Yeah, man. Some pastors would say I can't that they can't care for the specific needs of their church if they're preaching through the Bible. So, for instance, let's say there's a lot of uh, divorce happening in the church. Yeah or a specific issue like that. Right. And they're like, why can't I just preach a sermon on that instead of preaching through the Bible? Well, you can, right? You can do both, if I understand you correctly. Like, So, for example, you know, let's say something would happen in our community um, here in the Des Moines metro, in particular, Waukee, Iowa, and uh, it, 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 required, it would probably require me to be like, okay, pause, we're going to take a time out and ax, and... I'm going to address this particular issue that's affecting our community from God's word. I think there's definitely a place for that. And addressing it from God's word. Correct. So you think that expository preaching is not necessarily preaching through books of the Bible? I think expository preaching is primarily preaching through books of the Bible, although there are different ways to do that. Hmm. So I, I, the reason why we preach through books of the Bible and we, we tend toward that is because there's several reasons, but one is, man, you got to hit all the topics. I mean, you can't avoid hard issues when you preach through books of the Bible. Like, there's times, you know, we went through Galatians, and like I said, we're in Acts. Like, you just have to contend with the passages that, well, frankly, you don't get to otherwise. Here's my biggest reason I think we need to preach through books of the Bible. Um, part of preaching is that it helps our congregation be biblically literate. Yeah, that's great. So we, they need to understand how to read the Bible. Yep. Uh, if you want your people to be healthy, they need to be in the Word. Absolutely. And when you just, you know, say you're preaching an expository sermon, but it's more topical, and, you, and you're grabbing, you know, a verse and then preaching on it, but you're not preaching through the book, they may have gained from that, and they definitely will, because the, the Bible sanctifies you as you yeah, read it. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to know how to read it for themselves just as much. When we preach through Acts, I'm learning how to interpret the book of Acts. Yeah. I'm learning how to how to go back through it for my own personal gain and, yeah. and spiritual gain. You're hitting, accent this point, you're hitting on a great point. It's that the pastor is teaching how, um, how their members can read the Bible devotionally, right? And to your point, you, you know, you, you go through a book of the Bible, they're learning along the way. They're learning from the pastor how to read their Bible. And that is so important. If we don't want to make, um, you know, the learning of God's Word just a Sunday thing, it's a daily thing. And so uh, the pastor can help equip their members to read their Bible. And expository preaching, I think, is the best way to equip members to read God's Word. Do you think that sermons are even necessary for a Sunday gathering? 
why don't we just maybe read through the Bible? Maybe maybe we read three chapters of the Bible together and worship, and would that be enough? I, good question. I think sermons are necessary, and there are, there are several reasons why. Um, I think somebody who is called and equipped um, can open, can help open God's Word to someone else to help deal with the tricky passages that exist to to show Christ in all of Scripture to somebody. I think I think there's I think there's a leadership quality there. I think there's a gifting. I think men who are gifted should are able to do that. Should do that. Um, I think um, so. I think yeah, sermons are necessary. You know your favorite. Uh, pastor Andy Stanley, he uh, says that Stop it. he says that expository preaching is just taking the easy way out. I don't. And, I totally disagree with that. that. Preaching expository sermons, pastors just do it because it's easier than having to fi- actually figure out what's helpful for their church. Yeah, I I totally disagree with that. Now, I will from your favorite pastor. Stop it. So, I actually think expository preaching is harder to prepare than, say, a topical sermon. I'll give you several reasons why. Um, one, I just think, in general, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to dig into God's Word and to um, to ask this question, okay, this is this is what we're going through this given week. How do I show Christ to the people from this text? Um, I think a pastor is constantly confronted with God's Word, um, when they prepare for a particular message, um, and and they want to do that in a way that's expository, like you, like every week, you know, when I when I do my sermon preparation, man, I am confronted by God's word, and um, when you do it, perhaps say topically, not ex- expositional topically, but just topically, you can kind of cherry pick. You can get around the hard issues. You can preach on whatever you want to preach, and I think that's the easy way out. Um, but I'm confronted every week with God's word, you know as we go through books of the Bible. Um, and I think it's, it's not, I don't think it's seen, seen as cool to preach expositorily. Um, yeah. Cause it's dull. It, it, that's kind of the perception like, Oh, we're just going through books of the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's like, because no. people don't realize that it's the word of God. Yeah. Right. Well, why do we preach through the Bible? Because we want to hear from God. Yeah. Why, why is it cool? Why is it more interesting to hear from some dude? or some pastor, than to hear from the literal creator of the universe who is trying to teach you something. Oh, yeah, totally. I found this quote from John Piper. Um, It's a more recent book. It's called Expository Exaltation. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm just going to share a brief part of it. The preacher simultaneously explains the meaning of Scripture and exalts over the God-glorifying reality in it. Exaltation without explanation is not preaching. Explanation without exaltation is not preaching. Therefore, preaching, expository exaltation, is particularly suited for Christian corporate worship. For worship means knowing, treasuring, and showing the supreme worth and beauty of God. Preaching helps people do this by doing it. Preaching shows God's supreme worth by making the meaning of Scripture known and by simultaneously treasuring and expressing the glories of God revealed in that biblical meeting. I think Piper nails it. Um, he absolutely nails it because it's Piper. <laughs> yeah, we, we like him, don't we? Yeah. He's good stuff. Just not as much as Andy Stanley. Stop. Man, 
We're going to have like no people listening to this for all the pot shots we make. Pot shots? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Oh, it's because you're only 21. How dare you? Well, you don't know all the, you know, the sayings and idioms from my generation. Oh, it's from your generation. Yeah, okay, think, then I'm I glad so. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I thought I was missing some some kind of old person reference. Yeah. Can I add something else? No. Oh, come on. You know, I want to make this point about preaching in general. I think... American Christianity, just in terms of preaching, is moving into um, a bad direction in places. And one place is this. Pastors now think they're entertainers more than an expositor of God's word. Boom. And, you know... More than a pastor, I would even say. They think they're entertainers more than shepherds. Yeah. And you kind of get to, like, hey, why do you want to talk about this topic? I think it's there's some of that in there that kind of like, ugh. It's kind of cringeworthy. It's like, I, our our folks don't need to be entertained on a Sunday morning. They need God's word. That does not mean we don't want to be excellent in what we do. We want excellent worship. We want. To, I want to. I want to pour my my um, my heart into preparing a particular message. I want to be excellent in that. But I'm not. I'm not there to entertain people. I'm there to show them Christ in God's word. I'm there to help them mature as disciples of Jesus Christ. So here's what we're not saying. I think what I just want to clarify what you're not saying. The preaching of the Bible should bring joy to the listeners. Absolutely. So what we don't mean is that pastors should not be interesting, should not make relevant application from the scriptures. Correct. So if you are listening to the preaching of the Bible, good preaching of the Bible, I'll add, and you are not filled with joy, I think there might be an issue here. Hmm. Because, I mean, what do we what do we hear in, in the Bible? I mean, read Psalm 119. To receive the law of the Lord, the word of God, hmm. is a joy to his people. Yeah. John 10, we know his voice. Yeah. And we cherish his voice. Jeremiah 15, 16, your words were found and I ate them and they became a joy to me and the delight of my heart. Why? Because I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Yeah. So for God's people to say, I'm not interested in hearing God's word, hmm. shows that there's there's a lack of maturity. Yeah, the I kind agree. of lack of maturity that where Paul would be saying, I, I had to feed you milk rather than solid food. Yeah. Or is that the author of Hebrews? Who would not be Paul? Be someone different. <laughs> <laughs> That's another debate for another day. Could we do an episode on the author of Hebrews? That'd actually be kind of fun. That would be really cool. Yeah. Look, back back to the uh, point I was just trying to make. Pastors are not comedians, entertainers. Doesn't mean a, per- a pastor's personality doesn't come out as they preach. And I think, as we've been stating over and over again, to preach expositorily. A pastor's personality certainly should come out. And so that doesn't dismiss, um, you know, someone who's... who's um, comes across more conversational, perhaps, than didactic or whatever. Yeah, your favorite preacher, Andy Stanley. <sighs> Stop. Why do we keep going back to this? Because? <laughs> Every Andy Stanley fan. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with this podcast. He has fans? Yeah. See, this is an issue. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But, so, you know, this this pushback against entertaining or whatever, it's, it's not about um, a pastor not having a personality up there. He sh- certainly should be. I can't be, say, you know, we talked, I quoted John Piper. I'm not John Piper. I remember when I first started preaching, right? And, you know, we were in the Twin Cities, or I was in the Twin Cities. 
And uh, it was one of those things where it's like, I want to be like John Piper. I want to be like John Piper. And somebody told me after I preached one of my first sermons. And then you realize that Jason Meyer already had that covered. <laughs> well, this was before he went to the pulpit. Oh, okay. And, and someone was like, wow, that was a lot like John Piper. And I'm like, after I thought about that, I'm like, you know what? I can't be John Piper. Like, I got to be Sean, Sean Powers. Powers. Absolutely. Hello? And so it doesn't mean you don't... Why would you want to be John Piper when you could be Sean Powers? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I learned from people. I learned a lot from Rick Amash, who was the lead pastor of Southern Grace Church. Richard? Yep. Learned a ton from him about preaching, but I'm not him. And so I've learned to have to be me. And it takes a while for a pastor to find his own personality and voice in the pulpit. You know who said... That takes time. You know who said that? No. Matt Chandler. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was teaching... I remember watching a video. It was a joke... The video was just funny because he was saying, like, you can't preach like Mark Driscoll and be good at it. Yeah, Only yeah. Mark Driscoll can do that, which is kind of funny to think back on now. But <laughs> he was changed saying, since he said that. He was saying, fulfill your ministry. Yeah. Don't try to be. Don't try to fulfill someone else's ministry or calling. Be yourself and fulfill your ministry. Right. I think he was probably talking at something. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was talking at something. Well, e- even as um, individual men have preached at you know, Redemption Hill Church. Where's that? Yourself in Waukee, Iowa, Des Moines Metro. Okay. Bit. Yeah, yeah. You want to come? You want to come hang out at Sunday? Redemption Hill Church? I'm preaching again. Is it a Presbyterian church? No, not Presbyterian. Well, then no. I'd rather. What? what? I want to go to a Presbyterian you church. You want to sprinkle babies? I didn't know that. Yeah. Man. No, I don't want to sprinkle babies. You need to talk babies. a lot. We them. <laughs> what I was getting to is... Um, one of the one of the one of the things I enjoy about discipleship in the local church, in particular as other men preach, I get to tell them things like, "Hey, you are your you are yourself. Like, don't be me." Am I was I myself when I preached? I think so, and but it takes time to yeah. grow into that, right? I started off really really good at it. <laughs> so humble. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At first, so when I first preached a sermon, everyone told me that I sounded like David Platt. Oh, really? And I took that as such a huge compliment. And then over time was like, wait, that's not a compliment. <laughs> so you had someone say you sounded like John Piper. Yeah. I had someone say... Or at least I was ma- trying. <laughs> I had multiple people say I sounded like David Platt. I think it also could have just been because I was nervous and sounded like I was about to cry. Yeah. And that's David Platt's thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Have you listened to his sermon? He kind of sounds like half drunk and half full of tears. <laughs> you keep telling me to listen to one of his sermons on... What is it? His, it's called... Uh, the role of desperate prayer and yeah. relenting wrath. It was a message at Together for the Gospel, and it is, hands down, my favorite sermon I have ever heard. Oh, not, nice. It's a message. It's not a sermon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's expository. It's from Exodus 32, but... But all that all that said, like, you're not David Platt, though, right? No. Last checked. But... You're not David Platt, but you learn from him. And... Yeah? And speaking of David Platt, you know what he has to say about the Bible? Hmm. He was uh, talking in Secret Church a few years back about uh, why we need to be able to read the Bible. And he said, well, you know, say there's a problem with my marriage. Why is it better to read Leviticus than it is to read a book on marriage? But because the Bible is the only book that's going to sanctify you. Mm. You know what's going to be helpful to your marriage? Being more like Christ. You know what book makes you more like Christ? Not a book on marriage. A book called the Bible. That's good. And so why is it better for our, our people to hear from the from the Word of God rather than to hear a message that, that that some pastor just came up with? Yeah. 
Because the Bible changes people. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're hitting on a point, and this is where some topical sermons, they, they sound like you know, a book on marriage instead of, you know, you preach expositionally, and then you're, you're giving people God's word. Mm. And man, it's not to say you can't read good books on marriage or whatever, pick your topic du jour. It's not to say that. But we want to drive people back to God's word time and time again. Right. So they might say, well, we don't preach the Bible regularly. We don't preach expository sermons because we're trying to be relevant mm. and address needs. The Bible's always going to be relevant. Absolutely. You're, you know, this whatever you're preaching right now, give yeah. it 100 yeah. years. It will not be relevant Absolutely. anymore. Preach the Bible. Yeah. I, I mean, we're still reading sermons and books that expound the Bible mm. from the entirety of church history yeah. because the Bible is always, always going to be relevant. Absolutely. And so we could keep driving ourselves and our and and our churches back to God's word because that's that's timeless. Can I ask you, Sean? Where yeah. does the Bible talk about expository preaching? You know, we there's a couple places you can go to right away, but um, we just went through Peter's Pentecost sermon. In Acts two. W- Acts two. Yeah. This is the third episode in a row we've referred to. Have Acts we really? Two. Yep. Third one. It's, Amen. Yeah. Relevant. God's word. Yeah. And what did Peter what do? We've gone through in the last three weeks. What did Peter do? He he said, "We're not drunk. It's only nine a.m." That's what nine. he did. <laughs> and then he and then he went to God's. And word. you know what John did? Nothing. John just stood in the back <laughs> and he did nothing. <laughs> Why are you always hating on John? I don't know. <laughs> Inside joke. He doesn't folks. do anything. <laughs> yeah, Peter. Peter went to Joel too. Um, he uh, he went to the Old Testament to talk about Christ. He. Ex- he opened up the scriptures to the people to show them Jesus in the Old Testament. So like, yeah, like I said, Joel 2, Psalm 16, uh, Psalm 110. And that's where Peter, Peter led the people to explain Pentecost and to explain um, the gospel, basically. So we say there's a precedent for it. Absolutely. There's a, oh, there's a precedent in the Old Testament. Uh, the keepers of the law, uh, the priests would open up the Bible and read from it. And they yep. would just straight read from the Bible and yep. teach it. Yep. The priest um, Ezra from Nehemiah 8, uh, verse 8, they read from the book, uh, from the law of God, clearly, and they gave the sense, so the people understood the reading. The sense. Yeah, he wanted to explain. Here's God's word. Read it. Now, explain it. And so that's what Ezra did um, when they came back from Babylon, and we'll get into that, but uh, there was an, there's more precedent in the Old Testament for uh, opening up God's word. Just to say, the Bible tells us that the people of God have always needed the word of God, and the leaders that God has placed over his people have always been the ones who, who deliver that and teach the people to read and understand for themselves. Yeah. Uh, what does Paul tell to Timothy? So this is more this is a more didactic yeah. text of, uh, commanding this. But so what does he say? Second uh, Timothy 4. I charge you in the presence of God. In the presence of who? God and God. Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus? Who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. What word? Preach the Bible. Preach the word, the scriptures. So he basically says, I charge you before Timothy. God and before Jesus Timothy, Christ. Timothy, my guy, listen, I've been discipling you. I've been working with you. i got something to tell, tell you. Preach the word, bro. Preach it. Bro. Preach it. Be ready in in season and out of season. Um, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Which is what we do through the preaching of the word. Yep, with complete patience and teaching. Um, that that phrase, just you know, I think every every pastor who preaches every week, 
knows they love this text because there's there's times you get up there on a Sunday and you're like I'm I'm ready it's in you're in season there's times where you're out of season um, but nonetheless we're called to preach the word and so um, obviously that's a that's a go-to text that I go back to quite often amen so to sum up everything we've said what would you say give me like a brief summary of, of everything yeah you know if if a pastor is listening let me make two statements. One, if, you, if, if a pastor is listening, the best way to feed the sheep is by preaching God's word, and in particular through expositional preaching. Um, you want to see your, your church grow, you know, mature. Um, you want the gospel to go forth. You want to exhort them and challenge them. Uh, preach God's word. Uh, for those who are not a pastor, but you're under the preaching of God's word every single week, you, 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 you should desire for, to hear from God every single week. So open your heart to that. Um, if you're in a church where it's like, you know, entertainment pastor comes up and um, does a song and dance or whatever, and the smoke machine's going on or whatever, I, I would encourage you to think well about what you're receiving. For you to grow in your relationship with God, to grow and to be sanctified, you need to allow the Word of God. That's Like you said earlier, one of the tools in the tool belt, the Word of God um, needs to do that for you and will do that for you. So find a pastor who's preaching faithfully from God's Word. Amen. Praise Him, saints. Well, guys, if you want to help us out, you could go online. No, no, no. Don't go online. Go to whatever uh, place you're listening to this on. Go to what, Apple? Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Go to uh, Google Play or yeah. wherever you're listening to this. Leave a review. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. If you go to redemptionhilldsm.org, you can send us a message. Yep. If you know us personally, send us a message. We'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, anything like that. Uh, we're here. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening. And uh, do we have any cornfield cleanup? Is this the time for it? Well, if you got yep. a few things, so here's a few. Here's we need we need to do some cornfield cleanup now. Uh, if you want to stay for this, we'd love for you to to hear the mistakes we made, things we need to change. Uh, first of all, I just want to explain why I've been joking about Andy Stanley this whole time. <laughs> Andy Stanley is noted for not preaching expository sermons. Really? Yes. So oh. he has has defended not preaching expository sermons multiple times, which is yeah. funny because no one really defends it. They just kind of do it. Yeah. But he's like, oh, I'm doing it yeah, and, and yeah. defending it. Uh, and and he's taken a lot of uh, cheap shots at pastors who preach expository sermons. All right, come bring it. Bring he's, it on. Take a cheap shot. I don't care. He's uh, said that we need to disconnect our faith from the Old Testament. Old Testament. Oh, unhinged. Unhinged. That's what The he Old said. Testament. Bro, I, when I heard that, unhitch, I'm like, not unhitch, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> unhitch. unhitch. I was like, that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> unhitch. Oh, couldn't believe that. Oh, so yeah, I, you know, I think Andy Stanley's a brother. I yeah. appreciate some of his teaching. Don't on, know the guy, but I he, appreciate some of his teaching on leadership. I, I think, um, but just a, a, in general, it, we're talking about preaching. He's got a lot of flaws there. That, yeah. So we're just taking cheap shots back at him. Yeah. Um, I didn't know some of that. I mean, I knew part about unhitching from the old testament but i didn't realize he was going after those who preach expositorily man uh what else there's something else you said oh the inside joke that i made about john not doing anything <laughs> so there are two interns at redemption hill church myself and logan kane uh the running joke here is that uh i am peter and the other intern logan kane is john and so we go back and forth on who's the better disciple slash intern <laughs> 
and in Acts two, Peter, which would which <laughs> the joke is that that's me, is the one doing everything. And one commentator just noticed John sits back doing nothing this whole time, besides maybe praying. Yeah, that's what that's what Logan said. He's like, I've been praying, man. <laughs> and I'm not a bishop. And really, you don't. No. Although you, you, you and the other intern like cardinal? to call me bishop. No, I'm not a cardinal. Oh. I'm a pastor. Should also clarify that uh, we don't believe that the apostles in the way that we we were talking about earlier in the podcast in the New Testament manner, like capital A apostles, you mean, uh, exist today. You yeah, know, yeah. saying that is probably gonna, going to make some people mad. Right. Um, in fact, like every cessationist in the entire <laughs> world, they, when it comes to the gift of, of apostleship and just meaning uh, someone being sent, right? I sent think. Ones, yeah. um, then that that's a gift that could still exist, but yeah, not not in the uh, historical church history meaning of the word, which means someone who who yeah. knew Christ, yep. who was given the authority, uh, led the early church, wrote scripture, right? Uh, right, there. right. Uh, so yeah, to clarify that, um, we also I said earlier that you were taking a shot at somebody when you said five. Who? I don't take shots at anyone. You said something about <laughs> five points to live your best life now. <laughs> Who's that? Who wrote, is that a book? Yeah, Stephen Furtick. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not Stephen Furtick. Uh, Although now we do got to do cornfield cleanup for that. <laughs> Joe Stoley. Oh, yeah, you know. Right, this is not... Joel Osteen. Right, here's a memo. This is not your best life now. Christian, your best life now is... In the words of the great philosopher and theologian Shailen, if you're living your best <laughs> life now, you're headed for hell. Yeah, your best life now. Ooh. Ooh. Your best life now is, is to come with Jesus in heaven. That's your best life now. Oh, and then we were joking also about the name of the book of Acts. Well, it's just called Acts, but historically yeah. people have said Acts of the Apostles or Acts, Acts of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. those are fancy. Th- I'm, yeah, just all of them are, are bringing out a particular emphasis, you know, in the book. Yeah, and exactly. It's, and it's fine. Yeah, we just call it Acts. Yep. Anyway, thanks for listening to thanks. this episode of the podcast. We will see you in the next episode. Peace out.